City on the Edge. Notice the all bass tone. Yeah. City on the edges. Here we are, back on uh, City on the City Edge. And uh, the podcast where we tell Albuquerque and, and, and New Mexico stories. In the year zero <sighs> PN, post Nora. Post Nora, we're uh, Nora less. It's not our first show without Nora, but um, it is the first show that we've done, mm-hmm. Mike and me, without her. Uh, Ever coming back? Well, I mean, she'll come back, but you know, ever as a full-time. Yeah. It's a bummer. Host, and yeah. it's all she just—it was all because she didn't think people had been donating to the Patreon account enough, and she, she was like, that. "I'm out of here." You said this would be making a profit by now. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, no profits. Um, <laughs> mental and emotional profits. Yes. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the uh, the ghost town of Hagen. Cool. You know, last week we. Talk to uh, City of Dust blogger mm. John Mulhouse. I'm so about... sad I missed that. That's yeah, all right. Was it a good interview? Was it, it, yeah. I, I think so. Okay. You know, anytime I do a phone interview, audio yeah. issues abound. Hmm. Uh, and I think I, I mean, there, there just are some, but I, I think I at least got rid of the ones that made it unlistenable. But he was a great, you know, he had a great, oh, lot, lot of great stuff to of say. Stuff. And, uh, he's got a book coming out this really? summer. Mm-hmm. Did he talk about finding that crime scene? Yes, we talked a bit oh, about man. the uh, the church filled with uh, women's underwear. Horrifying. Yeah, uh, and His then he mentioned like a bunch great. of uh, a bunch of fires that took place in Tucumcari soon oh, afterward really? that he he seemed to feel were at least somewhat what um, well corresponding or or a little bit connected maybe, but I no, no proof. It, man. You know, <laughs> it's called context. <laughs> So, um, what else is going on? Uh, Manny's closed. Manny's out in Albuquerque institution. That makes me sad. One of, uh, one of my, I feel like I've gone to Manny's at least once a month since I moved back here in 1994, five. Yeah. Um, barring the, the, the short period of time, probably about three years that I was gone living in Austin or wherever. Yeah. Manny's was a huge part of my Albuquerque experience. Totally, man. I can't imagine it not being there anymore. And if you don't know, it's, I guess they had a collapsed sewer line. This is a Manny's restaurant on, on central and Gerard. Um, it's been there 55 years and they had this collapsed uh, sewer line. And I guess they, uh, they decided that was that. And they were going to throw in the towel and not, you know, have to go through the expense of making what are undoubtedly some pretty major repairs. That's why you can't anger the Rat King. He'll send his minions <laughs> to collapse your sewer lines. Always comes back to the Rat King. Yeah, here. Manny didn't make his monthly donation. <laughs> you know, put yeah. the scraps in the back. That was the deal. You were saying, what's going to happen to David Stewart, author David Stewart, oh, the yeah. archaeologist? Yeah. I'm Sorry, a- anthrop archaeologist, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed so, him on oh, the really? show. Oh, that's right. I interviewed him at Manny's Whoa, that's about uh, Dr. Hibben. Oh, man, that's old school. That's that's, that's a while back. A, <laughs> but he was uh, he was Dr. Hibben's um, graduate assistant, that's, and he was he was a defender of Dr. Hibben. That's cool. And then 
uh, Bart he... Prince. All his architectural oh, yeah. drawings are there. Yeah, that's you know? right. I've always enjoyed there. seeing those there. Yeah. Where are these guys gonna go? Uh, yep. Not to mention all the the um, ladies who've been working there for no kidding, like fifty five years, I guess. Yeah, that's that's really sad. Anytime something disappears that's been in a yeah. place for longer than your entire life, yeah. like Manny's has been there since, uh, well, for 55 years. So it'd be what, well, 1965? Maybe it'll be like Lindy's where the name will change, but there will still be a cool college reasonably priced hangout in that spot. Yeah, Cause it's be a diner right. and it's, I mean, if someone is willing to put that, <laughs> I can't close this. If someone, <laughs> if someone, if someone is willing to, um, you know, put the money in to fix that. That's like an established spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like um, Lindy's hasn't always been Lindy's. It had other names. It was the Coney Island Cafe, I think, right. when it first opened right, back yeah. in 1913 or whatever. But it's still supposedly the longest continuously operated uh, restaurant space in Albuquerque, oh, according to it, their menu or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe it. It seems, <laughs> seems reasonable. That's where I get all my facts from, yeah. restaurant <laughs> menus. Well, you know, you think they'd get those details, right? Did you know yeah. Hamburglar is 37 years old? <laughs> He's younger than me. <laughs> Maybe we should get to the okay. <laughs> get to Hagen. Right. We're talking about Hagen oh, today. Yeah, Hagen. Uh, hey, let's uh, refresh our memory. Where's Hagen? What is right. Hagen? Just uh, we've talked so much about Hagen on this I've, podcast, but we've never actually right. done an episode. It's definitely on, one of those places that's obsessed me over the years. I've written a. You bunch named your of son Hagen. Uh, all right, so I wrote this article like when Hagen was a few months old, and uh, when, my, when the. Child, my, my, when my child was a few months old, but the ghost town was it's like a hundred so years old. old. I like my life, my whole life has changed since this. I'm married to a different person now. So let's uh, talk, like, uh, Hagen, real quick. That's uh, a ghost town, <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts is it? It's at the north end of the Sandias, mm-hmm. it's on La Madera Road, which is this wonderful road that goes north of the Sandias, kind of right where the Sandias are sloping away down to the desert, mm. uh, to the north. Old coal mining town. Yeah, it's an old coal mining town, mostly from the early 1900s. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff around there. In my opinion, that road should be like a state or national monument or park because it's um, it's like the whole history of the Southwest. There's a Native American pueblo, um, Tonque Pueblo is there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, a site of first Spanish contact, the 1581 inscription that I found. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, we should totally do an episode on that sometime because that's like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, there's uh, two. There's Spanish villages like Uña de Gato and Tejon from the 1800s. There's coal mining towns from the 1900s. There even, there's even an abandoned ranch, the original Diamond Tail Ranch from the mid 1900s. And then around the edges, also appropriate but less cool, modern suburbs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like... there's Hemming the whole, it in slowly. There's, yeah, there's the whole quickly. history of the West out there. It's the Western microcosm, and there's beautiful petroglyphs. At the Golden Open Space on that same road, there's slot canyons, mm. and like I've seen t- more tarantulas out there than I've seen pretty much anywhere. Um, there are so many old mines and interesting little side areas there's an old reservoir on the top of a bluff overlooking hagen there's ruins that just who knows what this story is you know (laughs) like um there's a there's a house called that we've always called the elm house because at one point it burned and the roof uh, got knocked off when trees grew up inside it and it's just Mm -hmm. full of elms and uh or trees of heaven or something like that we always called it the elm house but we were we managed to date that that uh building to the specific year one time because in the adobe is an old soap label from 1916 and it's like well oh, that's a so really good clue prior to that yeah a really good clue um, um but wow but it's been recently this road 
Hagen and its surrounding area has been discovered by the movies. Like yeah. it was in the Maze Runner. <laughs> the Maze Runner. Um, and I've, nobody saw the Maze Runner. Right. This area it, is also besieged right now by development. Yeah. It's, it's quite tragic. I, I, I hear there are gates at both ends now. I haven't been out there in a while, and I've heard that if I were to try, I would have a hard time getting out. We there. have to say officially, you know, it is it is inaccessible. It's on private land, and but I can that road state, is not a private road. No, so you're right. That is not. That, I mean, the actual ghost yeah. town. Like, if you can, you should be able to drive by it. Yeah. But legally, uh, you should not go walking. Right. Unofficially, I have no problem with walking around <laughs> in the desert and yeah. not checking property deeds every two feet. But Just I will also respectful. say, unofficially as well, uh-huh. uh, I've been run off there like twice. So there are, it is, it is, they're yeah. fairly vigilant. So, yeah, you know, if, you're, if you want to go name. check out a ghost town, this might not be the one to do. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or, yeah. or, or hey, you're probably a grown up. Yeah. Make your own decisions. Yeah. But it's a beautiful place. It's in a lot of movies lately. It's in the movie... Um, Glass Castle. The Glass Castle. Okay. Based on the wonderful book by Rebecca Jeanette Wells. Wells. Oh, Jeanette Wells. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, that's an, that's an excellent memoir. It's so good. Uh, effective, affecting. Like, you almost want her to blame her parents more. She's so <laughs> non-judgmental. You're like, how are you so kind to your neglectful parents, your criminally right. neglectful parents? Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but anyway, all the Arizona scenes were filmed right out around there. Um, what else? Lone Survivor was filmed out there. What year did you uh, write this article? This, <laughs> this is from October 2007. 2007. The New Mexico Magazine. 13 years ago. And I didn't choose this headline, but it's Hagen Stirs Hearts Again. Oh. Well, shall we yeah. dive right in? Let's do this. Hagen Stirs Hearts Again by Mike Smith in 2013. The first time I saw Hagen, I was 16 years old and driving down a winding dirt road in a beat-up minivan. A friend sat nearby in the passenger seat. Music played on the radio and the dust and dirt road churned and rose behind us into a long and hazy cloud. To the southwest ramped the soft green tilt of the Sandia Mountains' eastern slopes. To the east, the San Pedro and Ortiz ranges sat lumpy, misshapen, and pocked with junipers. All around us was the desert, a kingdom of prickly pears and jackrabbits sprawling away toward infinity here, coursing up into rocky knobs or a sunburnt swell there, sluicing away into washboard walled mud canyons or a shallow sandstone cave. To the east ran a wide and dusty arroyo, a sunken linear plain of sagebrush and sand hills. Across this arroyo hung a low and corrugated dirt cliff, and perched on the edge of this cliff, at the base of a rounded sandstone bluff, we spotted something startling, the tattering adobe walls of a New Mexico ghost town, Hagen. I would later find out that the town of Hagen, about 10 miles east of Bernalillo as the crow flies, and now on private property, began on a now-forgotten day in 1901 when surveyors for the scandal-plagued Pennsylvania Development Company discovered coal at the town's future site. By 1902, members of that company had formed the New Mexico Fuel and Iron Company and had begun developing the site. By 1903, Hagen's first mine started producing coal. A settlement had grown up around the effort and was named after William W.C. Hagen, a wealthy young factory CEO, railroad man, and mining investor based in Pittsburgh. In 1901, Hagen had invested in a mining claim with certain members of the New Mexico Fuel and Iron Co., but that company evidently wished him to invest with them some more, and so named their up-and-coming settlement in his honor. The gesture seems to have paid off, too, for in 1903, right around the time of the town's naming, Hagen joined the group in purchasing at least 79 other documented claims. By 1905, Hagen had its own general store, post office, and about 60 residents. 
Its workers had tunneled more than 1,000 feet below the ground, extracted small amounts of coal, and transported much of their yields by wagon to where the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway skirted San Felipe Pueblo, 14 miles northwest. This became too costly for the somewhat unorganized company, and in 1909 and 1910, Hagen's mines ceased production and closed for the first time. Of course, I didn't know any of this the first time I glimpsed it, but I immediately wanted to. In the years that followed, I saw Hagen as often as I could. Its ruins became a refuge, a backyard escape, and its history became an obsession. Often I would go there alone to walk with the wind and the blowing dust among tilting adobe walls, the washed-out colors of tufting rabbit brush and the gray shells of concrete buildings, wondering about who had built this place and why they had left. Sometimes my younger brother, as excited by the fading town as I, came with me. From 1910 to 1918, those who remained in Hagen worked on area farms, tended livestock, and waited. New Mexico became a state. World War I raged and ended, and the town changed hands in 1919. Hagen Coal Mines Incorporated, the new owners, consisted of a group of determined Louisiana investors led by Justin Jerome J.J. DePraslin, a larger-than-life character remembered for dressing like an old-fashioned dandy, investing in numerous failed ventures, and being something of a ladies' man despite being married. DePraslin ordered numerous improvements to the town and its mines, and in 1924 he brought the railroad, the last connecting Hagen to San Felipe. DePraslin helped the town get incorporated, and he hired master builder Abenizio Salazar, who moved to Hagen with more than 60 workmen. In fewer than two years, they built a new town on and around the foundations of the old, a mostly adobe village with its own hotel, restaurant, schoolhouse, mining office, and store. That store, the Hagen Mercantile, was the largest adobe building in the state and contained a two-story concrete vault, a basement, a corner for the local barber, and a floor that could be cleared on Saturday nights for community dances, at which Hagen's small local orchestra provided music. That's the first store I remember, says John Gonzalez, a lifelong area local who attended school at Hagen. I used to buy a lot of candy there for a nickel. Salazar also bought more than 50 company houses, modern adobe houses with running water, toilets, and electric power. Other contractors built a coal-burning power plant, a reservoir, and all that was needed to sort and weigh the coal before loading it onto trains. But most of these features were on the far side of town, where they wouldn't be eyesores. Before long, the railroad boosted Hagen's population to an estimated 500 people. Hagen's residents possessed a general reputation for refinement and gentility, but they were also known for enjoying bootleg liquor in a time of prohibition, for rowdy night-long card games, and for the town's baseball team that played against Albuquerque, Madrid, and Santa Fe. The Hagen mines produced coal for Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico, and Hagen enjoyed its most successful chapter until 1930 when, not helped by the Great Depression, the mine began running into problems. The underground seams of coal, once more than five feet wide in places, kept growing thinner, and the shale on either side of them kept increasing, making the removal of the mine's coal much more difficult. This continued, and as the coal went away, so did the people of Hagen. Hagen's mines closed again on March 31, 1931. From around 1935, locals from the nearby community of La Madera dismantled Hagen's buildings just as fast as people could vacate them, removing pipes and wires and bricks and windows for resale, thus changing the feel of the entire place. Hagen was a ghost town then, says Vera Henderson, who used to visit her sister there during the town's final years. But the worst thing about it was the snakes. Man, that place had snakes galore. You better have watched where you stepped. In 1939 or 1940, someone leased the mine for a brief period. But by 1941, in the start of America's involvement in World War II, everyone had left town for better jobs in other places. Or almost everyone. One man, Hirsch Morris, stuck around as a hermit, working alone in the abandoned mines, spending months there after Hagen ceased to be a town and began to be the ruins of one.
<laughs> but so that's a little Hagen in a nutshell summary. I think that's a pretty good summary. Oh, How much it. longer is the article? Oh, it was just like another paragraph. Oh, okay. Like so we just, lo- we just lost a paragraph. Yeah, yeah. This and is a edit- self-editing on the fly. Yeah, self-editing on the fly. But but the content's good, The um, that stuff. I discovered the name or origin of Hagen for this article when I wrote that. It, mm-hmm. In the place names of New Mexico and New Mexico place names, they both say the origin of this name is a mystery. And I'm like, I'm going to spend all the time I need at the Center for Southwest Research in the mining company's records. And I did. I found all these records from William C. Hagen. And check out this artifact I have over here. Okay, you're going to have to describe okay, it. Okay, so what I have here is I bought this off of eBay for like 60 bucks a long time ago. And it's a uh, an ad from the Saturday Evening Post from like 1941 for the Hagen Corporation. Air raid. There's a picture, a black and white picture of airplanes flying over a factory. Operators rush to shelter, but this English power plant carries on a loan. And then it goes on about the Hagen Corporation, industrial combustion and chemical engineers, whose staff has at its command the internationally recognized technicians and laboratories of its subsidiaries, Pittsburgh, PA. So um, that was the that was the corporation that. Yeah. So d- describe the connection between the, that corporation. Oh, and so the, um, that is that is William C. Hagen's company. Okay. He was a Pittsburgh steel magnate, right. and he's the guy that they that it was the named investors after. named the town after, right. so that he would invest in the town and, and in other mining ves- ventures. So let's let's talk about the ruins a little bit. Yeah. So we we talked about uh, the article was pretty good okay. about describing what it was like mm-hmm. uh, during its heyday, but what's left now? So. Hagen is a really spread out town. It kind of has, I think of it as having a commercial half and a, um, a more residential half. On the left, when you're looking at it from the, from the road facing across Onyedegato Arroyo, this broad floodplain, um, when you're looking across it, um, you, see, uh, you see the old railroad depot first on the side, and it's fallen in. There was a... Um, there was an effort, uh, a local guy, Chuck Van Gelder, he did a dissertation a long time ago to um, try to shore up the, the side of Unyadigato Arroyo to stop erosion, mm. like back in the 60s. And I remember when it hadn't yet fallen in in the 90s, but it, it's been falling in for it's, a long time. It, yeah, it looks like it's just sort of There's like a right wall off the left hill. now, yeah. It's a bummer, you know, but that's... You know, well, I don't know. <laughs> entropy. Ruins themselves yeah. are, are fascinating it's how true. things decay. No, I, yeah, I think collapse and decay are beautiful. I'm, but, yeah. like, but, you know, it's... I don't know. Change is always bittersweet, you know? Sure. It's like, but, um, so, anyway, so then you climb up there through that, and then you, you really see this mercantile, and that's the biggest part of the resi- mostly residential half, which has houses back behind it. And those houses stretch quite a ways up the road. Up into the hills. And yeah. up around uh, the Arroyo. Um, and uh, so that's the more commercial half. There's some stone stairs that remain from them. The walls, mm-hmm. the adobe bricks, and the, the so much was really looted, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, during World War II. I mean, you could say it was resourceful, and, you know, <laughs> and there's no reason to leave you know monuments to the dead i guess in that way but but um now the mercantile is yeah is a pretty impressive the mercantile structure. still has like the two and a half story back wall at the mm-hmm. back and it has all these concrete footings and, and it's it has a very its, large yeah building and it has its two-story concrete safe in the middle of it with the chicago safe and vault company written in beautiful calligraphy up on mm-hmm. inside on the top floor and someone also wrote this wonderful lyric in a nice uh hand um it says uh <laughs> uh some enchanted 
evening you may see a stranger across a crowded room and it's yeah. like so ghostly like to have that <laughs> lyric and that song evoked um right. in this echoey place where people safe once did have dances it's crazy yeah and um so that's that's that and you know that that space that movie makers have since built this like big scaffolding in the middle of it oh, and they, really? they're like using it i think to be like israel or something right now in oh, the movie. How strange and um, I heard some some talk about this, but I'm I have the not details. seen it since huh. this has started happening. Yeah, so now there's a mine. The mine entrance, the gypsum is fairly mine, near is right there. by there. Yeah, there's old school gypsum mine, and then the actual mine entrance to the coal mine as well. Oh, that too. Well, there's lots of coal mines. Yeah, but the there, main yeah. one that was kind of like a, a concrete. Oh, that one. Yeah, bunker. that one. That's how we first heard the name because it still oh. says above it Hagen 1924. Yeah, which is so cool. It's beautiful. Oh man. Uh, I love that building. Relief on yeah. it. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. That building often has bats in it. It mm. floods, and so it's got mud and like gross algae in it. Sometimes that's gross. It's got some, re- some arguably racist, <laughs> and <laughs> depending on who drew the stuff, um, uh, graffiti in it. <laughs> but it's got so much graffiti. It's really interesting. You can link the eras of graffiti at Hagen to all the different ghost town books that mention Hagen. Like mm. I've collected all the books that mention Hagen, and each book has a successive wave of graffiti out there. Right. Which is kind of sad to me. You know, modern graffiti on a historic site. I'm like, come on, just don't. Now but you I'm, said uh, the tunnels, uh, um, the workers' tunnels, workers' access tunnels, are, not just oh, the yeah. mining tunnels. Oh yeah, those are those are all. You know, so in the '60s, the mines burned a lot. They were these underground coal fires, probably caused by lightning. And they were like always smoking. And mm-hmm. so the Bureau of Abandoned Mines um, had them dynamited and filled in. Right. So, um, so they're, you know, that's probably good. They were probably really dangerous. There were cave ins even back then. I have, I mean, this stack of books right here, these are all Hagen and Hagen related documents yeah. here. I've got a little collection of, of that but stuff. But there was things like the, the workers' lunchroom was down there. Yeah, there was, so yeah, there, yeah, there was a lunchroom. There were, I mean, I wonder what's down there. Yeah. I bet there's like packs of coyotes that live down there now. Can you just, that like, just one more tunnel and we're in the huge <laughs> underground caverns like amazing yeah there must be a highway system down there that's like incredible there must be snakes and coyotes and like things uh, that's like that like my mind just runs away with that when i think about that and then the ruins but, of the power plant are still oh there, the power plant so then, so then you cross this arroyo it, this arroyo that's perpendicular to unyadagato arroyo must be just like a an occasionally storm-filled tributary or something and um you cross that and then you're in the commercial side and that's where the power plant was. And, um, a lot of these like sifting conveyor belts and things like that. I don't fully understand all the things I have this book here that when the power company at Algodonas wanted to run power lines through there in the early eighties, they had to do this huge archeological survey of the area first. And they put together this wonderful book. What's it called? It, uh, geology of Hagen looks oh, like no, that's, one. No. that's a dissertation I copied from you and, uh, Investigations at the Mining Community of Hagen, New Mexico. This book's okay. incredible. And um, what else? I've also got this one. Also copied from, this one's copied from the Laboratory of Anthropology. Archaeological Investigations at Hagen and Coyote, Sandoval County, New Mexico. So these James books are available in the, in the local James libraries. They're around. And yeah. certainly in the Center this, for Southwest Research one, at UNM. Back when UNM used to have um, h- uh, hardcover copies of... Um, dissertations upstairs, yeah. upstairs i copied this whole one by hand on a xerox machine geology of the hagen coal basin here's what i don't get this whole book i read it doesn't mention gypsum and there's a gypsum mine right there right like, yeah so that's that seems, a very like that's a pretty big crude oversight. 
Like not one that's been tunneled out with uh, machinery and so forth. Well, the, the one that you can see from the road just looks like a high cave, it's a cave, and that's the original one. But then there's a big one on the other side where they dynamited it. And everything. Mm. I didn't see that. So um, I understand that the the architecture was done by a, a locally famous architect. Oh yeah, uh, Abenicio Salazar, and he's really cool. You know, if you go to Bernalillo, there's the Abenicio Salazar Historic District, and they they've kept buildings that he designed and maintained them really well. Unfortunately, his basement blueprints for Hagen, where he had all that stuff saved, which would have been just really wonderful for an archaeological record to know that uh, his family just threw it out. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Yeah. Oh, they were going to say fire destroyed it. At least that no. would be understandable. But... No. Yeah. But he's oh. really a wonderful, under-celebrated architect because those buildings were really beautiful. That that giant mercantile building is amazing. It's a huge, gorgeous structure. It respects uh you know pre-existing traditions in the southwest it works with adobe it's super cool you know um and uh and i've chimney climbed up its chimney (laughs) have you yeah man i mean this place has been like my playground (laughs) i mean being a teenager and becoming aware of that place was just like i'm in love you know yeah it's uh it's but it's a really neat area i think it should be a public area right now it's it's guarded by this ranch diamond tail and they let like jeep tours that are all like patriotic come out there and they let um patriotic they are they're like yeah they've got flags or something. their page is just kind of annoying in that way oh okay and um <laughs> they um they they work with movie people and so it's the movies and sometimes the movies kind of trounce it like that movie uh, about the granite mountain firefighters was filmed out there the um the, um, Wasn't there a scandal where uh, one of the local exactly the Maze the, Runner uh, people yeah the Maze totally. Runner people Maze looted Runner people, totally. looted a certain amount of material from there yeah totally and then bragged about it on Good Morning America yeah like Which bad tacky I think, you know I talked we talked to uh, now there's a gate across John there. Mulhouse last last week and I oh, agree yeah. with him that uh, don't don't take souvenirs don't yeah. take uh, yeah. don't take things that you find in these places leave them yeah. leave them that's for others leave rule. them for Hollywood movie companies to come and steal that's instead. a good rule yeah let's talk about some of the petroglyphs oh yeah um, there's I, some neat stuff around there's there. some really interesting petroglyphs there's some modern around ones around there, there too, yeah. those are some that you can see from the road so right now the problem yeah. is you can't actually drive down oh, the yeah. road as far as we know yeah give it a shot maybe you can yeah. it's legal to drive down the road well, nobody can stop you stuff. from driving down a road except a locked gate um but you can see petroglyphs. You can see the buildings in the oh, distance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are other ghost towns around there. Yeah. You said Uña de Gato. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't Town. there one like called Coyote or something? Yeah, Coyote nearby? is. Yeah, my son is Hagen Coyote Smith. Ah. After Hagen and Coyote. That Coyote was like the sister town of Hagen. Uh, the school teacher lived there so she could get away from the kids of the town, I imagine. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Coyote was like the little town that like they it hung on for the railroad to get there, but there was just not much of it left by the time the railroad finally got there, and it never it never went much beyond that. But I still love to explore it, and there's this wonderful white swell that runs through the middle of Coyote, this slick rock wall, and it's covered in the best inscriptions, including the original claim marker from 1916 or whatever with the guy's initials and stuff. It's super cool. And um, and then there's this one little nook, and it was obviously like some old miner's shaving area because there's a little line carved into the wall for a mirror to be propped up. Oh. And he's carved a self-portrait of himself right oh where gosh. the mirror would be. And there's a, even a little nook for a bar of soap that he's carved out there. And there's broken liquor jugs all around and wow. like old tools and stuff. It's like a miner's camp right there. And, and you can walk all the way around and find 
just really interesting things around there. That whole road is just incredible. What an underappreciated this magical area. It's so good. What is it? Half an hour? Maybe a, oh, maybe yeah. an hour. You, yeah. You definitely spend a few hours driving down the road. Yeah. It's so close to Albuquerque. It's pretty close. Like I, I said, mean, ten 40 miles. Forty minutes, maybe. Uh, from Bernalillo as the crow flies. Yeah. You're you're going to be taking some dirt roads and things, but it is yeah. well worth doing and trying. Yeah. Um. And if you run into a locked gate, then yeah. call I don't know the Diamond yeah. Tail Ranch people and tell yeah. them the, to open it. You know. Okay. Next week we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about the road to yeah. the Lamadera Road. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you say we just wrap this one up for now? Hey, so we've got a very special guest this episode. Uh, it's he's a a twelve year old boy. Uh, who lives with Mike? It's true. So, uh, hey, why don't you uh, come on board here and, and tell us what's your name? Hagen. You have to get closer. You've got to get closer to the microphone. Hagen. How does one come to be named Hagen in this day and age? My dad is weird. He's definitely weird. We know that here at City on the Edge. Uh, do you do you know the story of of uh, where that name comes from? The ghost town. Yeah, and uh, what? What what was it about the ghost town that your dad decided this would be a good name for my my firstborn son? I don't know. No? Do you like the ghost town? Yeah. Tell yeah. me about going to the ghost town. What do you like doing there? I don't know. We just run around and explore stuff. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Do you like being named Hagen? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a solid name? Yeah. What's it, it means? Strong defense. Yeah. Know. Or enlightened one in Gaelic. Where did you find that out? I didn't find it. You didn't find it out. No. Okay. <laughs> well, you know that's the etymology of it. Strong defense in German or enlightened one in Gaelic. So, but like since William C. Hagen's family was from Pittsburgh and his family was Germanic, you guys got to get closer to the mic. It's probably the former. So tell me, uh, Mike, yeah. why why did you decide to name your firstborn son Hagen? Well, I love that area. I think that area is just incredible. I think it's a neglected gem in the crown of New Mexico. You know, like yeah. a place that just deserves to be recognized. That whole road is just so wonderful. I mean, there's just such great stuff out there there i mean it's you know in a in a just world that would just be a protected area it wouldn't be being taken apart by private interests like it is now hagen let me ask you something real quick here and then you can go back and watch your movie mm-hmm. have you ever met another hagen no there are no other hagens around are there no. certainly not as a first name yeah, cool yeah. well you can go back right. to sister act right. two see ya thanks <laughs> sister act one. Oh, sister act one yeah. Oh, okay yeah <laughs> The classic, the original classic. Yeah, they do have the second one ready and waiting. They're ready. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, that was... Kind of <laughs> it was a lot like talking to a 12-year-old yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you again? <laughs>